Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. All right, y'all. We are going back to our roots with a Midwest 2020 mini tour. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Thank goodness. Corn-fed entertainment. Tater tot hot dish. Mm, hot dish 2020. We are going to be in Indianapolis on March 18th, Chicago on the 19th, and the Twin Cities, a.k.a. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Ever heard of it? On Saturday, March 21st. Got some more dates. Amanda, what else do we have? From there, we're going to be going to St. Louis on March 23rd and Kansas City, Missouri, Trump, <laughs> on March 24th. Tickets can be found at our website, wineandcrimepodcast.com. So keep your eye out, get those trigger fingers ready, mm-hmm. and buy them before they sell out, baby. Yes, please. We can't wait to see you all. See you in March. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash a variety of accents. (laughs) A myriad of terrible accents, but number one being their authentic accent of Minnesota. Of the homeland. Minnesota. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Who are Um, you? Oh, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda. Who are (laughs) you? Who are you? Who are you? you? It's me, Becky. (laughs) It's a little game we play. Same dippy little look on her face. Okay. Who are you? We're done. Who are you? We're done. We're We're never done. done. We are never, ever done. If we're ever saying something on the show that you don't understand, it it's is from just a gorgeous. quote from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Just, just letting you all know. Um, cult classic. Okay. This week's episode is very special. It is a fan pick by the lovely Robin Reynolds. $25 a month. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um, Love it. And the theme is an inside joke from an earlier episode, um, mm-hmm. I think from Munchausen's. Yeah. Yeah, um, correct. And so the theme of this episode is, or the topic is, God bless the vitamins. The murders. vitamins. <laughs> A.K.A. veterans, A.K.A. anyone employed in military service, active or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robin is a vitamin herself, so God oh, bless. God bless you, Robin. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for this topic. Yeah, uh, it's going to be good. What is, what's our wine crime pairing? The wine crime pairing today is the Rogue Admiral's 2015 Cabernet from Wink Wine Club. Woo! We could have saved this for an episode about, like, 
being at sea. Sea, mutiny at sea, but it just yeah. seemed too fitting with this fan pick topic. We had this wine kind of on our list of, oh, we have to feature this with something. And then Robin uh, generously gave on Patreon and gave this fan pick. And we were like, well, this is great for this episode. So um, Wink Wine Club, if you haven't heard us beat this horse to death over the last like 45 <laughs> episodes, is an online wine club where you can go ahead and have your flavor palette kind of tested, examined, so to speak, mm-hmm. through the lens of people who drink lots of wine, um, <laughs> using that little test on the internet through the Wink website, you can get a feel for maybe what you like, what you don't so like, eloquent. some recommendations that so they visit, can give you. A visit to the wine ecologist. Uh, yes, the wine ecologist. <laughs> I love it so much. It's basically what Wink Wine Club is. Sorry about it. Not Amanda's sorry at all. changing her LinkedIn profile yeah. to wine ecologist. If I could ever remember my password to get onto LinkedIn, I would probably do that. So just pretend I did. Um... So, how Wink Wine Club works, you go online, you go to their website, trywink.com, and then you can use our promo code GALS. So, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com forward slash GALS to get our little promotion. Um, You pick out the wines that are interesting to you. You put them in your cart. Once you get four or more in your cart, they take care of the shipping. And if you're using our promo code GALS on your first order, you get 20 bucks off of that order, which basically gets you four to five bottles of wine for $30. So, it's a crazy... Crazy, crazy good deal. Um, it's these really wines, good wine. Yeah, the wines are beautiful. They're from all over the world. It's all small batch, incredibly rare stuff that's really only available through the Wink website. Um, and it's delivered right to your door or to a more convenient location where you can sign for it because you do have to sign for it and be over 21. Um, but it has allowed me to pretty much be a hermit and live in my beautiful apartment unbothered by the outside world. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, most of these bottles are in the price range of like 12 to $13, which is absolutely affordable and great. Um, once you have purchased enough bottles of wine, you can also accumulate credits to give boxes of wine to friends. So you can it's gift awesome. boxes of wine to other people. I mean, we're not going to tell if you just gift it to yourself at a different address, but <laughs> not like I've done that. <laughs> um, That's so But it's a super, smart. super cool program. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a genius. Come on, girl. So this particular Cabernet is really cool because it's actually out of Australia and specifically grown in the limestone coast, which has a unique soil for grape cultivation. Um, The limestone coast zone is located in the southeast of South Australia and bounded by the continental coastline to the south, the border with the neighboring state of Victoria to the east, and the lower Murray wine zone to the north. So there's your geography Mm. lesson. It's Mm. like, it's kind of like this... It's real south. Bow shape of southern Australia that like cradles all these beautiful wine regions. But um, grapes grown in this particular environment with all that limestone in the soil typically yield bolder flavors, which is super ideal for a fuller bodied wine like Cabernet. Mm. Um, This bottle is definitely full bodied. It clocks in at 14.6 ABV, which is pretty high for a red. How was that? Yep. And has strong tasting notes of blackberry, dark chocolate, and eucalyptus. So you're going to get some of that jam, some of that sweetness. And then the eucalyptus is going to bring a little bit of an earthier balance. So it's not going to be sweet, per se. I know it's tough because we talk a lot about jammy wines. 
Um, a wine being jammy doesn't necessarily mean it's sweet. Like if you get some of that really raw black cherry, it's actually mm. a lot more tart than it is sweet. And then you balance that out with dark chocolate. Again, that's a little bit more bitter, but it has a mellow yeah. finish. Um, and then you have that eucalyptus to come in and just kind of blanket balance everything out with a little bit of an earth tone. So it sounds freaking delicious. Yeah, I imagine this cab is going to be absolutely beautiful. Um, a recommendation I would have that I wouldn't that I don't typically give, but for a Cabernet this full-bodied with this ABV, you might want to decant this just because sometimes higher alcohol can have, it can open up and be a little bit tight in the beginning and then open up as it gets exposure to oxygen, as we've talked about before. So if you're tasting this and you feel like it's really acidic right out of the bottle, even if you don't have a decanter, you can pour yourself a glass, swirl it, let it sit for a few minutes and let just the glass open up. You can leave the bottle open. Um, Honestly, if you are going to drink the whole thing and you have like a different vessel of any kind that could hold a bottle of wine, a pitcher, a water pitcher, um, you can just, you can, yeah, a vase, you can (laughs) dump that whole bad boy in there. And just the process of pouring it out of its original bottle into another swirls the wine and oxygenates it. It's going to start tasting different almost immediately. So within a couple minutes, you're going to notice some That's very so different uh, different tastes. So, yeah. um, this right. is also a, a crack bottle. So we're going to crack this one open with the okay. crack of the wrist. You ready? Oh. oh. Nice. Extended Ooh, crack. Nice crack. <laughs> nice crack. Took two twists to get that crack going. Yeah. <laughs> two quick so. twists of the crack. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's All super right. gross. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cheers! 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 Mm. All right, Lucy, what is our background and psych and probably statistics for God bless the vitamins? The vitamins! Yeah. The vitamins! So this topic is uh, a little... A little broad. A little broad, a little vague. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I mostly focused on... Uh, some statistics and numbers and facts for you guys about the particular obstacles that veterans face. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, besides, you know, general obstacles in combat in the first place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so as of 2014, there are approximately 21.8 million veterans in the United States. Oh, wow. And just for some context, the population of the United States is around 320 million. So that's Mm -hmm. about 9% of the U.S. adult population is veterans. That's huge. Yeah, a lot. And another surprising stat along with this was that California has the highest number of U.S. veterans at at about 2 million. Is that because there's like a big base? Yeah, Fort Irwin is in California, and that's an enormous base, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. I guess I was just surprised because U.S. right, and then one of the second largest is in Texas, I think. Yeah, Texas, and um, I can't think of where the other one is, but I guess I was just sort of surprised because California is generally like left leaning, and I personally don't associate veterans with like liberals necessarily, but sure, there's a range. Oh, of course there is. Of course. Also, California is just a very populous state. Yeah, it's enormous. Not the most populous state. Mm -hmm. Probably the most populous state. Yeah. And honestly, if I had done my service to my country and probably that was very difficult that I would 
fucking retire to California after oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Tr- treat yourself. Treat I yourself. I want to do that now at the age <laughs> of Napa. 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, about 23% of the military today are minorities, so just non-white uh, veterans. And that number mm-hmm. is expected to rise over the next 20 years to about 33%, just because as the U.S. is getting more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, also, women currently make up about 15% of active duty military, and that number is also expected to rise over the next two decades. Get, Get it. it. Uh, that said, there are more women in uh, the like military industries that include healthcare and administrative specialties. So For there's sure. that. Yeah, because women were banned from combat roles until yeah. very recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Um, because the minimum age to join the military is 18 years old, only about 26% of veterans have a bachelor's degree. So this education hmm. deficit can make it really hard for them to find to join the workforce when they get back. Um, That's really low. I didn't realize that. I yeah, thought, I didn't realize that either. I mean, if you think about, probably a, a, the majority join at like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, That's but true. then you're still a veteran. You know, you're still a veteran at thirty, where you would have had time after if you did just a four year stint or you know whatever, just like mm-hmm. a basic stint in the military then you could have gone off and gotten your bachelor's. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so as Amanda I, I can tell us, for. going back to school at the age of 30 is also a big ask. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you, if you have a family already, it can be really, really hard to do. Yeah, yeah, almost impossible. And people who are able to pull that off are actual fucking heroes. I don't know how you guys do it. Yep. You're and amazing. not everybody <laughs> needs to go to a, a four-year college or university. No. You can work no. in a trade and... Yeah. and be very fulfilled and well, that not 20, have $130,000 of debt. Oh, that 26% so is with a bachelor's degree, so that would be a four-year degree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but I'm saying, yeah, Well, the others. that said, veterans are more likely than civilians to start a small business because of leadership mm-hmm. skills learned in the military is one of the reasons. Yeah. So that was yeah. kind of cool. Awesome. Uh, mental health, it's, it, obviously... Uh, is another huge problem when it comes to veterans. Um, Around 20% of veterans report symptoms of PTSD to the VA when they come home. So this stat is from the VA. So it's probably super underreported. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, This number Mm -hmm. is hard to pin down because, of course, some go undiagnosed or unreported, uh, and some report symptoms years after the end of their deployment. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just hard to know, but around twenty percent is what's reported to the VA. And experiencing trauma while deployed is the most is most common with troops who fought in combat, but not limited to those soldiers. I think that mm-hmm. even if you were in an administrative position, just the you simple can, fact of being far from home and having friends who are potentially in more dangerous situations, and it's just super high-stress job, no matter how you cut it. And especially with, like, modern warfare being more, you know, guerrilla warfare, <clears throat> just just transporting things from one base to another base 
is risky. I mean, you could still experience an IED or, Mm -hmm. you know, being shot at or what have you, like, even if you're not in a quote-unquote combat role. Yep. Yeah. Um, So sexual harassment is Mm. not going away. Mm, No. About 25% of military women have reported sexual harassment and it's estimated that up to 80% have been sexually harassed. I still think that's low. It's, I mean, yeah, it's this 100%. is reported. It's 100%. It's, it's 100% of women have yeah. been sexually harassed at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, being in Probably. the military. Yeah. It's already 100%. The Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a solid circle. It. Fucking Christ. In 2014, <laughs> 5,061 cases of sexual harassment were reported. And just pointing out, this is specifically women reporting. There is also mm-hmm. staggering statistics about men having experienced sexual harassment. So mm-hmm. in and one year, 5,061 cases reported. Of those, only 484 went to trial and of those, oh, only 376 ended with convictions. Which is still higher than the national average. Yeah. Uh, you, I haven't even gotten to the most angering part. Oh, oh no. my God. That same year, 62% of those who reported harassment experienced retaliation in either professional, social, and or an administrative capacity. So that includes... Because- Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that includes cases of, of being discharged for things like, quote, having a personality disorder. Okay. Yeah. God forbid somebody Here with a know. vagina <laughs> or identifying Christ. as a woman wants to serve their country and put their life at risk and they expect not to be fucking harassed and groped and sexually assaulted and molested and raped and then fucking intimidated for daring to fucking say so and put their perpetrator, you know, to bear. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. I okay. Can't. And I now for the worst part. Oh, oh God. There is a literal established acronym, which is MST, which stands for Military Sexual Trauma. Oh, Lord. That is different from just general sexual assault in the military. It's specifically military sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Fewer women veterans get care through the VA in part because of their traumatic experiences associated with the military in the first fucking place. So the numbers here, again, are not solid when it comes to female veterans. But they um, probably want to just get as far away as they can from that whole institution right. if they've been so mistreated by they it. They don't want to yeah. see an army doctor and deal yeah. with that. Especially they if they had reported by an army it, doctor or navy or whatever. Especially branch. if they had reported it or experienced retaliation the first time around, or the second, or the third, or the tenth, or the twentieth. You know. Oh my <clears throat> god! And yeah. men also experience military sexual assault. Right. Right. Yep. But yes. Of course. Oh my god! 
Okay. Uh, substance abuse is one way that a person might try to cope with PTSD or other stressors upon returning home or before they return home. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. It's a little bit harder to get, but yeah. Depends on where you are. Yep. About 10% of returning Iraq and Afghanistan veterans have a substance abuse problem. Um, Again, this is according to the VA. The VA says that about 20% of vets with PTSD also have a substance use disorder. So that correlation in itself is high. Um, Conversely, about one-third of of vets seeking treatment for substance abuse are diagnosed with PTSD. Like, there's a definite correlation between PTSD and substance abuse. Um, And just a reminder, alcohol can exacerbate symptoms of PTSD. Um, And the VA has treatment programs that can address both at once. And uh, just some of the symptoms of PTSD, which I think we can easily link to alcohol use, um, hyperarousal. What? Not sexual. This includes anger, irritability, sleeplessness, panic, and is the symptom that most people think of when they are exposed to PTSD sufferers. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the the car backfiring and then, like, hitting the ground, stuff like that. Which actually (laughs) happened to my grandfather after he served in Korea. Yeah. He'd been back for, like, yeah, that exact thing, that, like, classic cliche thing full-on happened to him. He was, like, a month back from Korea, and... um, a car backfired in St. Paul and he like hit the deck. Oh my God. I can't imagine yeah. living with my nerves so frayed and on edge, even subconsciously. Cause I'm sure you once guys- you're home, your base level of consciousness, like I'm home, I'm safe. And it's just mm-hmm. right below the surface. I am medicated for anxiety and I still take like seven anxious shits a day. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm at. <laughs> and I haven't been to a war zone. No. Fuck. <laughs> and also, if you're a victim of military sexual assault, like, you're already in that state of, like, heightened anxiety just living in a war zone. But then those times when you're, let's say, on base and on in a very protected secure area but you're still afraid for your physical safety Uh so you're never not in that state of anxiety it's gotta fuck you up it's an experience that nobody else understands unless they're they've been in a in a war in a war like Mm -hmm. the three of us Mm -hmm. will never understand what that feels like Mm -hmm. yeah god forbid yeah not got one um, <clears throat> another symptom of PTSD is re-experience, commonly thought of as flashbacks. It can also include intrusive memories and nightmares. Um, and then this is the one that struck me the most correlating with alcohol use, numbing. This feeling of detachment and disconnection from feeling and loss of interest in life and other people. Withdrawal, depression, and estrangement from family and friends is a defining characteristic of this symptom. So mm-hmm. if you are if you have PTSD and or you're experiencing these symptoms, abusing alcohol is only gonna make it worse. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's a coping mechanism, but it is not any kind of solution, except for like mm-hmm. a literal solution. As I polish off this bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, as of 2014, about 12% of the total homeless population is veterans, which is about 50,000 veterans on the streets every night. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. has declined significantly since the recession, and I know that Obama, thanks Obama, pushed forward uh, some legislation related to this. Mm. Um, around 20% of suicides are committed by veterans, so that comes out to 22 veterans committing suicide every day, which is heartbreaking. That is such a huge percentage. It's a massive number. Um, about 60% of those veterans who are committing suicide have, have been diagnosed. 60% have been diagnosed, uh, mm-hmm. with a mental health condition, not exact, not necessarily PTSD, but that means fucking 40% of them have not been diagnosed, have not, which is so they scary. They just be completely flying under the radar, not right. getting any help. Well, it's the yeah. stigma yeah. and it's and the availability having, of treatment. had that, like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's and if it's yeah. flying under the radar like that, they're just waiting for that triggering moment. It could happen <clears throat> anywhere. In Can any we situation. please put more of our fucking absurdly astronomical defense spending budget mm-hmm. towards actually caring for people who have served? It's actually making sure. And can we stop electing Republicans on a platform of taking care of veterans and then they never actually follow through and more often withdraw funding from those programs? Mm -hmm. Like if I have to hear another Republican on their goddamn soapbox about taking care of veterans who is Mm -hmm. clearly not paying attention to where they're actually allocating those funds and who are first on the fucking chopping block, I'm going to scream my fucking head off. No, all they do is buy newer toys and also, like, additions of some of this military hardware that will be obsolete by the Mm -hmm. time that they're actually made. It's Mm -hmm. insane. It's It's insane. November 2018, y'all. It's coming. for real. Um, on that okay. note, the v- Veterans Crisis Line, which is linked to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the number is 1-800-273-8255, extension 1. Um, mm. Similar to Talkspace, you can ch- talk to them on the phone, you can chat online, you can text a professional who can help you, and the number to text them at is 838255. Um, if if even if you're not a veteran and you're having problems, it's mm-hmm. it, it is necessary to reach out to somebody. But these numbers mm-hmm. are specifically for veterans. You've already done so much for us and for our country. You need to help yourself too. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. these these mm-hmm. numbers through my research. It was seriously depressing how high these rates of suicide and homelessness and substance abuse are. It's just, it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking. So we check it out. And we love you. You deserve <clears throat> to be happy and live a long, healthy life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, speaking of talk space. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. By the way, this is a comedy podcast. Yeah. What's so a happy episode? Get real, we can get real. We can get real. We, we can, can get, get super real. real. We can get way real than we're getting right now. Let's get real real. Let's Too talk about real. our own mental roll. health talk space. Too <laughs> roll. Yeah. 
Speaking of my seven anxiety shits a day, those are the um, worst. Talkspace <laughs> has really helped. Oh so, my God. Talkspace is an online therapy company that makes it easy, affordable, and convenient to connect you with a licensed therapist. Um, mm-hmm. And you can do that by text. Fucking millennial. Oops, video chat. You can um, literally text them <laughs> while you're taking your anxiety shit. You I've literally can. Yep. I've done it too. Check. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> Therapeutic poops, y'all. <laughs> Gotta get it out somehow. Mm-hmm. You can talk to them on the phone. You can get voice memos. Video you chat. can do video chat. It's yeah. awesome. My therapist has been working overtime the last couple of weeks on the newly single 30-year-old Amanda. She mm-hmm. helped me through my breakup. She helped me, you know, before it was happening to see if there were ways that I could improve my communication or ways that, you know, well, I could get from point A to point B. And now that I am past that portion of my life, she's helping me prioritize me and figure out what direction mm-hmm. I want to go in. And she's amazing. So and I love her. Important. Transition like I'm a fucking sorceress. Like I'm a fucking sorceress because I'm a fucking sorceress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mine's more just general stuff at the moment, but it's really helpful. I've created, like, a morning-afternoon routine now that I've transitioned from, like, working full-time to working from home, and that's been really helpful so that I don't feel like a lazy piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Treat Lucy. Yo, Brian. Yeah, Treat Yo Lucy brain. has nothing to add. Okay. <laughs> I have nothing to add. Nothing at the moment. Nothing at the moment. We do have a promo code, though, right? You can get $30 off your first month by going to talkspace.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S. And, yeah, plans start from just $32 a week. It is super affordable, and it is worth every penny, y'all. Seriously. Yeah. All right. Treat your brain. Okay. So, (laughs) my case is soups depressing. Yay! Um, this whole episode also, is really depressing. <laughs> it really is. It's like we love you, Robin. We love you, Robin. Um, Robin selected this case, and I totally know why because it is it is both you know very heartbreaking and also very very fascinating, and it's pretty well known. Um, I can't go into all the detail here because you know that's not the style of our show, but there's a really good episode that I think True Crime Garage put out not that long ago. Maybe it's a two-parter where it's much, much more detailed, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Lavina Lynn Johnson was born on July 27th, 1985, um, and, gl- and grew up, glue up, I'm already drunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> grew yep. up in Florissant, uh, Missouri, a suburb of St. Louis. Okay? Okay. Struggling okay. through that first sentence. Yeah. Getting it together now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lavina was a happy, successful young woman. Um, she got excellent grades. She sang in her church choir. Um, she had a lot of friends, and she had a very close-knit family. Okay. Um, Her father uh, has a doctorate in psychology, and he was a vitamin himself, um, having served three years in the Army when he was younger. Um, And then later, uh, both of her parents worked in uh, as civilians for the Army uh, involving troop support. 
Um, nice. So, and actually, Zach's sister works as a civilian for the army. So, oh my god, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. What up? I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Uh, Lavina's parents have been married for 41 years, and together they've raised five children. Um, so immediately after uh, Lavina graduated high school as an honor student, she enlisted in the U.S. Army. And her parents say that she had a sense of personal responsibility and wanted to pay her own way through college, probably because she had four siblings. Um, and her parents were, you know, comfortable middle class, but they weren't, like, fabulously wealthy. So, right. Um, I also think that if your parents, if you, if you have family in the military, like, mm-hmm. you're more likely to join yourself in general. Even if they don't necessarily encourage it. Yeah, it's just like your mindset. Yeah. Um, because Lavina's, I totally agree. Um, Lavina's parents said that they were hesitant at first when she mentioned wanting to join, um, but eventually they got on board and understood her motivation. And um, they also, there's also the fact that um, she had always been described as like a daddy's girl. Don't mm. do the voice. I won't. Okay. Yeah. Don't. Okay. I didn't and do it. I was just Dang. laughing my normal laugh. What? Uh-huh. I um, was bad. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Bad girl. I fucking hate you, Bella. Um, okay. Daddy punished me. Stop. <laughs> We're talking about a dead woman and her grieving father. Listen, okay. you brought it up, not us. You're the monster here. Yeah, you're the monster. <laughs> you're the perv. Okay. Um, you murdered Lavina clear- and then voted for Trump. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, I saw Goody Canyon with a Trump ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Goody Kenyon dancing with a mega hat. Ooh. You can literally you? have my permission to hang me. That's fine. <laughs> Trial by so anything. <laughs> okay. Um, See if I float, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Lavina revered her father. Um, and so on some level, she may have wanted to follow in his footsteps. By joining the army um, and like paying her own way through school, and then her ultimate dream was to go to film school in Los Angeles after she mm. finished her service. She is okay. ambitious. She's ambitious. She's talented. She's kind. She's loved. She's just kind of the whole package. She's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Love. She, I'm sad she already. Pet- <laughs> I know. She was petite. God damn it. Um, just <laughs> 5-1 and 100 pounds. Um, but she didn't have any trouble meeting the intense physical demands of the military. So she was, you know, you might not look at her and be like assuming that she's a badass in the military, but she did just fine. Yep. Um, Those small ones, they can just yeah. flip themselves climb. right around. Scale of face right? in the blink of an eye. All the, how hard is it to do a push up when you're 100 pounds? <laughs> there you go. Oh, that is okay. a catch 22. All right. Okay, so 
Not long after completing basic training, um, in 2005, Lavina was deployed to Balad, Iraq, as a private first class. And just a side note, um, this case has some very real personal significance for me because I was in a very serious long-term relationship with someone who was deployed to Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually served in Balad for his first deployment. Those were um, weird times. Those were weird times. I listened to a lot of country music. Yes. Remember when. Remember when. <laughs> okay. Um, really weird times. <laughs> very strange. Uh, was still very left-leaning and progressive, but... Of course. Yeah. But appreciated a good, you know, yeah. Trisha Yearwood sing-along. <laughs> Country <laughs> ballad. Um, so anyway, so he served in the same um, uh, base in Iraq, basically, but he got there a few months after Lavina's death, so there was no overlap between them. Had he heard about uh, this case? Because he was there? I don't know. I haven't asked. I did. I thought about reaching out and asking, and I could have, and then I just didn't, and then we were recording. Well, he's certainly um, listening now, so let us know. You know who you are. There's you know definitely you are. no way. There's no way he's listening. Okay. Is he alive um, out there? <laughs> so during the height of the Iraq War, um, the largest military base in Iraq was the... Um, was called Anaconda, and that was just outside of Balad. And then Balad also had a smaller base called, um, at the time it was called uh, Fab Palawada. So anyway, so there's a lot going on. It wasn't like a total backwater. It was kind of a, a major hub for the army in Iraq. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Just eight weeks and some reports said six weeks, whatever, after her arrival um, in Iraq. Shortly after midnight on July 19th, 2005, Lavina was found dead in a uh, private military <gasps> contractor's tent on oh, her base. No. It was almost her 25th birthday. It was like a week before, or 20th. God, that's It sad. was literally one week before her 20th birthday. Really good job on the math. Good job. Um, if it's in July, I can do it. There's yeah. no way to know how old she was. <laughs> <laughs> There's simply no way, no way to know. So, I mean, good job, Lucy, but that's only a guess. One can only guess at numbers. <laughs> Even a broken clock is right twice a day. There we go. Even a blind squirrel <laughs> catches a nut every once in a while, Lucy. Let's not pat ourselves on the back too hard. I Googled it. No, I didn't. (laughs) Okay, so so she's found in this tent. Um, A shift supervisor at the cafeteria heard a loud bang, which sounded like a car backfiring. And I just think it's so strange that, like, you're living in a war zone and you hear a loud bang and you still think it's a car backfiring. Also, cars don't backfire anymore, really. Not really. Like, yeah, hardly ever. Like, I can't even, I don't even know what that sounds like. I'm much more familiar with gunshots than cars backfiring. Anyway, uh, so this person then followed the commotion. Um, It was a gruesome scene. Lavina was lying face up in the dirt. Her hair was tangled. Um, A Bible 
M&Ms and a pack of cigarettes were lying near her body, as was her M16 rifle. What the fuck? Mm. That's a weird collection of items. Yeah. Um, She had clearly suffered severe injuries, including a broken nose, black eye, loosened teeth, some of which (sighs) had been knocked out. God. um, And corrosive chemical burns on her genitals. Ew, what? Oh, my God. Um, There were also... I just want to point out that this was a fan-selected case. (laughs) Thanks, Robin. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) She's seen some shit, y'all. Okay. Um, There were also signs that an accelerant had been used around the tent, indicating that someone had attempted to light it on fire, but they hadn't succeeded. She was in the tent? Yes. Hmm. But it was not her tent. It was not where, it wasn't like her room where she normally slept. So that Bible and the M&Ms were not hers? We don't know. Well, we know that the M&Ms were hers, and I'll get to that in one second. Okay. But I don't know about the Bible for sure, although she was very, like, devoutly religious and and did regularly read the Bible, according to her parents. So probably Mm. the cigarettes were not hers then. I don't know. Okay. They they very well could have been as well. I don't know. Um, uh, Her cause of death, so she's suffered all these injuries, whatever, and chemical burns and whatever, and someone tried to light the whole thing on fire, but her cause of death was an intraoral gunshot wound to the head. Oh, my God. gunshot wound through the mouth. Oh, oh, okay, no. And like we said, she was just a week shy of her 20th birthday. This was not Mm. a suicide. Mm. No, there's too much going on here. Despite the preponderance of evidence to the contrary, her death was considered a suicide almost Mm. immediately. Because of the gunshot wound only? Who knows? Because it was convenient? I don't know. Um, her parents were told she had died of a, quote, self-inflicted gunshot wound when an army representative showed up at their house to inform them of their daughter's death. Um, mm-hmm. But they were told almost nothing else at the time. And e- even at the time, they were like, what? No, like, no, she did not commit suicide. She wouldn't do that. And they were like, the army was like, nope, that's what happened. And that's all we're going to tell you. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Um, so the Army investigation ultimately backed up uh, the initial assessment of suicide, claiming that Lavina had shot herself in the mouth with her M16 standard-issue rifle. Um, but tests for gunshot residue on Lavina's hands revealed no significant amount of residue. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. no no detectable like, amount. Yeah, there's no way she shot herself in the mouth because there'd be residue on her hand. Yep. Right? Indicating, yeah. indicating that either she did not fire the firearm or the residue left behind was insignificant enough to escape detection, which I think is pretty rare, but I'm not a ballistics expert, or the residue left behind was somehow wiped or washed away, which would be pretty fucking hard to do for a suicide. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. None of it makes sense. Um, okay, so no gunshot residue. Also, skeptics claim that due to Lavina's petite stature, her arms were 
too short, um, really, to make it at least very, very difficult, if not impossible, for her to shoot herself yeah. with that yeah. weapon with that kind in of that gun. That gun yeah. is long. Yeah. yeah, that's not a pistol. Like, that's a fucking long... Like, just to, just thinking about, like, the positioning... Yeah. Yeah. ...would be difficult, especially, like... I don't... I think... I don't know which angle the bullet went in, but I think it was down in the mouth, not yeah. up. Two, so it's like even harder to. Think yeah, she'd about. have to be like holding it. Yeah, no, I like hurts me. I know I'm not a physically active person, but I've been kind of trying to like follow along with you in my little office, like physically yeah. with the different ways that you could hold this weapon, and like my yeah. shoulder hurts. She would have had to have hold it, held it like upside down. In You'd the have air. to be a fucking like circus freak contortionist to have shot yourself yeah. in this way. That, that also kind of might weapon. not kill you if you angled it down, if it's not going into your brain. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people, if they're shooting themselves in the mouth, they want to angle up and, and make sure it works so they don't just fucking hurt themselves also she was missing fucking teeth and had a broken nose and had acid on her crotch like that's not a suicide yep yep good points jesus fuck yeah um okay uh they also contest the ballistics uh contending that the bullet wound was much too small to be that of an m16 especially at immediate range so it wasn't like her whole head was blown off. Yeah. Excuse the graphicness. But yeah. like, whatever. And most curiously, especially for a, quote, suicide, the fatal bullet was never found. <laughs> it wasn't a suicide. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, this is the least suicidal thing I've ever heard in my yeah. fucking life. She was in a tent. And they never found the bullet. Yeah, it no wasn't way. in her body, and it wasn't on the ground. It because evaporated. it was taken by the person who killed her. Yeah. Bye. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay. Um, I also read some reports claiming that no fingerprints were found on the M16 also, so it, it, had, it had been wiped. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only read these in, like, semi-reliable, not fully reliable sources, so take that with a grain of salt. Um, Okay, the Army's official report also included witness testimony that Levina, uh, quote, may have been depressed over a recent breakup, Mm -hmm. Um, but before her death, Levina's commanding officer had described her in an official document as, quote, happy and healthy. Okay. Um, Earlier that night, Lavina had finished a work shift, stopped at the PX, which is like the convenience store, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and bought a pop. Ooh. Or soda. Um, lip balm and M and M's. Okay. Mm. I feel like if you're about to kill yourself, you're not buying lip balm. No, because like that's not a one and done thing, like the M and M's are. Yeah, that's right. not like a last treat. Well, I mean, yeah. I could see myself not wanting to die with chapped lips, but still, that doesn't make sense. It's it's a little fishy. Um, mm-hmm. Not terribly significant, but it doesn't seem like a person's final act before committing suicide is to go stop by, swing by the convenience store, and buy a soda and M and M's and lip balm. I could see how mm-hmm. depression would set in if I didn't have lip balm. That's true. 
Yes, that but, would yeah. be the only thing I would need on a desert island. Yeah, but anyway. literally. Okay, uh, Lavina's parents also say that just two days before her death, they had spoken uh, with her on the phone and that she seemed in good spirits, totally normal, totally like herself. Um, mm-hmm. She was excited about an upcoming uh, scheduled leave home in mm-hmm. November. So this was July, but she had just found out that her, she was going to get leave to go back home for a little bit in November. Um, and she told them, like, don't start decorating for Christmas without me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to we'll, be there. Yeah, uh, we'll decorate in November. I'm so excited. You know, whatever. Um, also, there was no suicide note. Can mm-hmm. I just say, though, as an aside... If it weren't for the forensics that we already know about this that's making me really doubt this was a suicide, all of these things don't necessarily mean that she was not severely depressed because people have killed themselves for sure and none of it wouldn't ever make sense, you know. Like, depression is is insane and cruel. So, it's really just the forensics that's leading me to... (laughs) believe that this is not a suicide. It's really more just a lack of any signs that she was suicidal whatsoever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not to say that, like, there are always a bunch of very easily noticeable signs. There aren't always, but there was just no signs that she was suicidal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Circumstantially. Okay. Plus all the forensics. Okay, so uh, Lavina's family didn't for a second believe the suicide theory, uh, but the army completely stonewalled them from accessing more information about their daughter's death um, under the guise that the official investigation conducted by the U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Command was ongoing. Okay. So they got zip, zero zilch further information. That is okay. cruel to do to the parents of someone who died like this so far away from home. Yep. yep. She was 19. Um, they've since been forced to file repeated freedom of information requests for additional evidence and investigation records of the case. Um, but one loophole that the Army has been exploiting is the fact that these requests have to be, like, hyper-specific Um, So you have to basically request the exact document that is missing. But there's a lot that the family doesn't know to even ask for. Mm. Yeah. Like, they don't even know the names of the documents that they don't have to ask for them. Or the people involved or anything. Yeah. So they've gotten some information through these freedom of information requests, but there's plenty more that are, like, known unknowns, basically. Um, At the behest of her parents, investigators exhumed Lavina's body for a private autopsy because the initial autopsy was conducted by the Army, obviously, um, in April 2007, and unfortunately, this examination was inconclusive. So it had been two years almost at that point and they they couldn't conclusively make any you know mm-hmm. deductions i'm drunk okay yeah um, no, no sure. new facts yeah uh 
They believe that their daughter was raped, beaten, and murdered by either a fellow soldier or superior officer or civilian contractor on the base, especially given the fact that she was found in a contractor's tent, mm-hmm. which was not her own. Yeah. Um, and that the chemical burns on her genitals were to destroy evidence of rape. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And that the army has been complicit in a conspiracy to cover up her murder. Which would imply that it is a military personnel who did it, if not an, like a higher-ranking person. Right. That would lean me to believe that it's an officer. Yeah. Um, just given the, like, the lengths that they would go to to try to cover it up. But it could be a contractor that they don't want to stop working with that contractor. You know, who knows? Yeah. It could be a soldier who has, you know, good relations with a superior officer. Mm-hmm. Okay. One prominent theory is that Lavina was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and she inadvertently witnessed either an illicit affair or um, a sexual assault happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she And was then beaten and killed to silence her. So she might not have been, like, the primary target. She might have just, you know been a casualty of of a different crime. Um, Some have pointed fingers at four-star General Kevin Burns as a likely suspect, Um, but beyond reports of him having a really bad temper, I couldn't find any really reliable evidence backing this theory up, so just take that with a grain of salt. It's a theory. Um... The Department of Defense continues to stand by their ruling of Lavina's death as a suicide. Um, Christopher Gray, the Chief of Public Affairs for the Criminal Investigation Command, has said, quote, Tragically, there are many misrepresentations of the facts being circulated on the Internet that are false and unsubstantiated. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're Lavina's adding to that. <laughs> we yeah, are well, continuing mm-hmm. to circulate facts or misrepresentations of facts. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Lavina's parents continue to strive to keep their daughter's uh, suspicious death in the public eye and to seek answers. Um, they've done lots of interviews. I think there is a um, documentary, which I wasn't able to find online, but I'm sure if you really search, you could find it. I think it's called The Silent Truth. Um, And her father has stated publicly that, quote, it will be a cold day in hell before I stop searching for the truth. Ooh, I got chills. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's horrific. Fucking horrific. A 19-year-old was brutally beaten and murdered with chemical burns on her genitals and somebody attempting to light the crime scene on fire on base on one of the we uh, largest bases in Iraq and it's and a we suicide don't know who did it yeah like this person is still at large cuz this wasn't a long fucking time ago nope this was well now it was 13 years ago right but they're probably still alive Oh, for and sure. if they're higher, yeah, yeah. if it is a higher ranking person, they very well they're could probably, still be in the military. Yeah, and could yeah. still be doing bullshit like this. And mm-hmm. I mean, the just the like 
abuse of the body yeah mm-hmm. leads me to believe that this was not like oh I was raping her and I accidentally killed her I gotta get like I don't know it seems so it seems very premeditated it, it seems yeah it, like for lack of a better term the mutilation seems so fucking extra that like this person knew mm-hmm. what they were doing and it probably wasn't the f- only time they've done that it's Ugh, so speculating wildly, but it's yeah. just giving me the absolute creeps. I also just want to bring up the fact that, like, you know, she is a victim of a woman of color, mm-hmm. and I think that contributes to the stonewalling and the, you know, less than enthusiastic investigation. Yeah. yeah? No, yeah. you're totally right. Yeah. And we're dealing with possibly, like you've been saying, people in a position of power in the military. Like, they have mm-hmm. a lot of ways to make things go away, I think. For or sure. Or to shed Especially light with somewhere sexual else. Assault. Yeah. So. And, when, and when you're over there, I mean, the jurisdiction is kind of hazy. And I know for mm-hmm. a fact that rape of women in those countries by U.S. military personnel is a big problem, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So why would they stop? just because they're on base. Yeah, scary stuff. It's unbelievable. Well, I hope that some justice befalls this poor girl and her family, and that's because that's really hard Mm -hmm. to just have no real answer as to what happened to their child. Her parents are just, like, the most beautiful, Mm -hmm. sweet, charismatic. I mean, they just... You you just fall in love with them the second you like yeah. see them and hear them talking about their daughter with so much love like mm-hmm. yeah Robin thank you for recommending this case but also I'm gonna cry yeah also well, you're horrible <laughs> yeah it's about to get as Real, depressing y'all, y'all. <laughs> why did I choose this so, episode not to drink this is fucking I horrible know, honey bunny yeah you really I'm drinking up. for two it's I'm trying to go to the gym good. after this I have to you work to out some drunk. tears. That's like the best way to do it. Uh, <laughs> last time I did that, I had to shit real bad. Spent most of the time in the bathroom. So it happens. <laughs> That's a workout. Okay. <laughs> Heads up: This is an ongoing investigation with the next trial due, date due in March. So I may not be able to answer all the questions you have about this case, but I'll do my best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So we are talking about Julia Jacobson. Oh not my God. related, but as far I as wish we you were know. related because she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia was born on July 22nd, 1980 in Dickinson, North Dakota. She was the youngest of four children to Lynn and Lowell Jacobson. Mm-hmm. Julia graduated from Spearfish High School in 1999 and the University of Wyoming in 2003 with a degree in finance. She received her MBA from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas in 2012. So real smart, real, real dedicated gal. Driven. Sweet. Yeah. While in college, Julia was an Army ROTC and upon graduation appointed a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. As a finance officer, she deployed twice to Iraq to support Operation Iraqi Freedom and deployed once to Bosnia. 
She was well-respected by her subordinates, peers, and supervisors, and she served our country honorably and bravely for over five years and separated in 2009 as a captain. Wow. Mm -hmm. She was awarded the Bronze Star Medal for her service in a combat zone. So, like, she crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's young. She crushed it young, like, in her mid to late 20s. Dang. What's her first name again? Julia. Julia. After completing her service in the Army, Julia was employed by 7-Eleven Corporate for eight years. Her most recent position for the company was Senior Real Estate Representative in San Diego, California. So I think she was scoping out, like, new places for them to open stores. Mm -hmm. Um, Her colleagues remember her as dedicated, hardworking, and loyal. She was one of those extraordinary people who knew exactly what she wanted in life and worked tirelessly to get it without letting other people's opinions stand in her way. That's from her obituary. So I think you know Mm -hmm. where this is going. Uh, Yeah. She was last seen on September 2nd, 2017, inside her company car at the corporate offices of 7-Eleven. That night, Uh at around 9.30 p.m., she sent a text message to a friend saying that she was traveling from Big Bear, California to Palm Springs, California with another friend, according to investigators with the San Diego Police Department. Julia's actual location when that message was sent is unknown, and hours later, a convenience store surveillance camera captured Jacobson in Ontario, California, which is about 120 miles north of San Diego County. She was accompanied by her Wheaton Terrier, Boogie. Oh my Little god, she's Boogie. a Jacobson, and mm-hmm. she had a Wheaton Terrier? Wheaton Terrier, I know. So Kenyon says this because my family and my parents have, except for the exception of their one, Bichon, have only owned Wheaton Terriers, like, all of our lives. So yes. it's kind of funny that she's a Jacobson that and she like. had a Wheaton Terrier. It's really yeah, they're cute. They're so cute. So like, cute, so neurotic. Sort of like a, they're sort of like doodly. Yeah. Like totes a doodly. A golden yeah. doodle and a Wheaton Terrier look a lot alike, but doodles usually end up getting a lot bigger. Cutie um, little boogie. So when, yeah, little boogie. When no one heard from her in the next 24 hours, she was reported missing. Um, on September 7th, uh, Julia's car was found abandoned on Monroe Avenue east of Texas Street in San Diego's University Heights area. This location was about half a mile away from her home. So that's a little weird because she'd been, you know, headed toward like this state park and mm-hmm. was seen at this gas station like 120 miles away. And now her car is found within a few miles of her house. Yeah, what? That's so um, within it half back. a mile of her house. I mean, who knows? So her family Mm. told NBC7 that the car was found with its windows rolled down at different levels, the keys still in the ignition, her black purse uh, found inside unzipped with hardly anything in it. So almost everything was taken out. Other evidence Mm. found in the car led detectives to believe she may have been killed. Police did not release details about what led to their suspicions. So we can only speculate, but typically if there's no body and they found evidence of death, that means a lot of blood, a lot you guys. Of blood, like, yeah. a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of blood. Whoa. Um, or body Julia's parts, remains, just saying. There were no remains found in the car. Oh, okay. So, so it's just a lot of blood. It's, it has, there's no other explanation. They're not released, mm-hmm. they have never released those details, but just pure science would lead us to believe that the car had to have been full of her blood. Yeah, so, because otherwise it could have just been signs of a struggle or exactly. whatever. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. would never they would never assume that she Jumped was dead. To death. That's just not something that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so her remains had not yet been found, but police still had enough evidence from the car to arrest her ex-husband, Dalen Larry Ware, on suspicion Ugh. of her murder on October the 13th, a Friday the 13th, I Ugh. checked, 2017. <laughs> 
did this guy do it? Do I hate him or do I not? We hate don't him? know. It's an open I mean, investigation. It's an ongoing case with a new trial date coming, but we totally hate him. Okay. Um, uh, Dalen was arrested at his home in Levine, Arizona. He was then transferred to the San Bernardino County West Valley Detention Center. And Ontario police believe Julia was murdered again, based on the forensic analysis of her car. Um, shortly after Julia's disappearance, Dateline did report that authorities were able to track her company car, which was equipped with OnStar to a spot near mm-hmm. her apartment. Um, and that was within five days of her last being seen. And I think they were able to put together a little bit of a map of like where the car had been. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the vehicle was left unlocked, windows partially rolled down, um, just a lot of real sketchy stuff going on with that car. So the search was I'm in so full torn swing. torn about that tracking stuff. I know. Like a, I am too. But yeah. I mean, OnStar's great for emergencies and things like that. But like, if you have an iPhone, if you have a smartphone that has any kind location of location services, services that has yeah. GPS on it, like you're being tracked. Maybe That's not true. actively tracked, but if you have a phone in your pocket that is within yeah. the last, that was made within the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's there whether you like it or not. Don't cheat on your spouse because yeah, they can don't. find out. <laughs> well, definitely don't um, cheat on your spouse and use Uber because they were fucking blackmailing people with that shit. That's why I don't use Uber. But also I don't <laughs> cheat. But also I still don't use Uber because Trump ties. But anyway. I have to um, use Uber because they don't have Lyft here. That's okay. Just America. You should just walk. Instead. I know, I just walk. And also you <laughs> voted for Trump, so why wouldn't you use Uber? Can yeah. you stop? <laughs> I'm really... <laughs> Over that. It's the only thing I don't retweet on Twitter. I just straight up ignore all of those tweets. Woo! It's FYI. We got so funny. We I'm got gonna her. start blocking people. No. no. We need the follows. Okay. Um, so the search was in full swing for Julia as Dalen was not cooperating with police, but also pleading not guilty. Uh, cooperate, the Ontario police, bitch. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? The Ontario Police Department said information gathered during their investigation led authorities to search a six-mile, six-square-mile area in Cactus City. So some of that information probably came from whatever they could squeeze out of her ex-husband, but I imagine a lot of it came from the surveillance footage at that convenience store and some of the OnStar um, location services. That would be my guess. Okay. Um... The area is in unincorporated Riverside County, south of Interstate 10 and east of a rest area. I wasn't sure what the deal was with unincorporated territory in the U.S., so I looked it up. Mm -hmm. And here's a little blurb. Under United States law, an unincorporated territory is an area controlled by the United States government, which is not part of, i.e. incorporated, in the United States. In unincorporated territories, the U.S. Constitution applies only partially. In the absence of an organic law, a territory is classified as unorganized. In unincorporated territories, quote, fundamental rights apply as a matter of law, but other constitutional rights are not available. Selected constitutional provisions apply depending on congressional acts and judicial rulings according to the U.S. constitutional practice, location, tradition, and law. There are currently 13 unincorporated territories comprising a land area of approximately 12,000 square kilometers, which is 4.63 thousand square miles, containing a population of approximately 4 million people living in unincorporated land. Isn't that crazy? Where are these places? Are so they like along some the of borders? them are places like Puerto Rico, 
Okay. Is the vast majority of the total area and total population. All of Puerto Rico is like owned and operated by the U.S., but it's unincorporated. So okay. this specific area, uh, Riverside, whatever the area they were searching, is it like yep. close to Mexico? Is that why it's like? I'm not sure if it's close to Mexico, but it's like unincorporated desert land. So I imagine a lot of places that are unincorporated are either like territories of the U.S. or like purchase land of the U.S. that's not within the continental United States. And again, I am just speculating, speculating. wildly. Or, like, 90% uninhabitable land. So if it's in, like, the middle of a desert, you know what I mean? I could see how some of that, like, weird desert borderland could be unincorporated because no one lives there anyway. There's no business there. Or kind of, like, long-term disputed land. Right. I wonder if it could be, like, Indian Indian territories or something. I don't think, I think territories are different from unincorporated land. Okay. I mean, I know that they're different, but I'm not sure how, like, U.S. law applies in those areas. And that's going to have to be a completely different episode altogether because that's going to require a lot more research. Yes. Um, I don't think it does I just, at all. Yeah. I just thought this uh, was interesting because as I am keeping an eye on this trial, as it's ongoing, I'm wondering if that's going to come up or if that yeah. could have an effect on the ruling. Probably, maybe, like, search and seizure parts of the Constitution or something. The car and everything were found in the city. Yeah, but... But, So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But I just thought it was an interesting fact. Yeah. Okay. Um, More than 120 law enforcement personnel from four different agencies, including the San Diego Police Department, were were searching this desert area. And Julia's remains were found in a shallow grave in the desert alongside the remains of her beloved Boogie. No, Boogie! (gasps) Yeah. What did Boogie ever do? I know. What did she but ever do? I know. They didn't do anything. But still. But I think it's good. I know it's sad and terrible, but it's kind of like, it's kind of reassuring to know that they're together, which is kind of fucked up. That's but, true. You know, That's she true. took that dog with her everywhere, so it's good that they, they were together. Um, I wonder if the fact that the dog was also killed points to the ex-husband. Like, he had so much. It does seem personal. Yeah. hmm Yeah. However, if, you know, this dog may have made an attempt at protecting her, may have been barking, there are yeah. a lot of reasons why you would, you would kill the dog because you don't want yeah. to be seen killing the person. That's so my I don't, biggest fear I don't know. because of, like, home invasions. My mm-hmm. biggest fear is that, like, Somebody would shoot Josie. Yeah, because like, she's barking. Yeah, it's like take whatever you want, but like, I just please, please, please don't hurt my dog. Same. She's and not gonna m- actually attack you. No, she's such a baby. My dog that barks is Burke. He's like seventeen pounds. <laughs> He's, he, his teeth are falling out of his head. He's the like, size of a Chipotle burrito. Yeah, he's all, his only useful <laughs> and thing smells is that like he it's after to warn me when somebody is at the at the door. <laughs> yeah, he smells terrible. No, anyway, but that's absolutely my biggest fear. For sure. Um, this case is pretty shrouded in mystery right now. Again, it's ongoing. No cause of death has been released. Um, I think they're just trying to keep all this information really close to the chest because it's an ongoing investigation and an ongoing trial. Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot will come out after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't really know a whole lot about their marriage or, you know, his background. Um, what we do know is that Julia had filed for divorce last year. 
uh, or the year before this happened, so in 2016. And while she had cited irreconcilable differences, the documents revealed very little about the couple's relationship. But court filings from a previous marriage were more detailed of him. His Of his his previous previous marriage. marriage. Yep, sorry. Mm -hmm. After divorcing in March 2013, Ware's previous wife filed for a restraining order writing Uh in detail of the abuse she had allegedly suffered at the hands of her ex-husband. She wrote that throughout their marriage, Ware had abused her mentally and physically, at times calling her names, choking her, spitting in her face, twisting her arm, and pushing her head into the ground. Quote. Oh, my God. Yep. Quote, he would tell me he isn't stupid enough to leave a mark on me because he knows I would call police, the woman wrote in documents filed in Riverside Superior Court. In November 2013, she said Ware became upset during a conversation while she sat in her car. Ware, who was outside of the vehicle, pulled on her seatbelt, trapping her in the seat, and began yelling explicit things about her to her two sons. She wrote that both of her boys began to cry. Quote, he is going to seriously hurt me if given the opportunity, she said in one of the documents. Oh, my God. What a Can we just talk about the epidemic of domestic violence in this country, but also around the world? Mm -hmm. And it is... It escalates. It's the biggest problem I think we're facing as a society. I Mm -hmm. really, really feel that domestic violence is the biggest and most serious problem we are facing as a society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and it's so it's so underreported. It's so women under and women served. die at the hands of their abusers every single day. Every, every day. fucking day. Every day. Oh and God. you know, I again, there's so much that we don't know about this case, but something that we do know, and I know it's being talked about a lot, especially in the wake of yet another mass shooting and our continued conversation around you know restrictions to firearm purchase but mm-hmm. domestic abuse it escalates it is mm-hmm. it is such a dangerous red flag mm-hmm. and it can start with something that feels so insignificant you mm-hmm. know someone saying something to make you You're feel small bitch. yeah yep. or saying something to turn the blame on you for a situation or manipulating mm-hmm. you into changing or apologizing or you know i've i've been in that situation mm-hmm. and it never mm-hmm. got physical in my case, thank God. But it could but have. the lines are so blurry from how that person attempts to control you in an emotional and psychological way to an actual physical way. That is a mm-hmm. slope that is so slippery and so easy to go down. I was mm-hmm. speaking. Bidding is so classic. And yep. choking, choking is a huge yep. homicide risk for domestic violence. If mm-hmm. a man has ever put his hands on your neck, mm-hmm. get get help. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. it's not easy to leave, but like that is such a huge homicide risk. Mm -hmm. I was speaking to a friend, uh, a few days ago, obviously not going to use her name, but she was telling me that her very first relationship in high school and in through college, she started dating this guy when she was 15 years Mm -hmm. old and Mm -hmm. it was horrific sexual and physical and emotional abuse from start to finish. Wow. And the guy was 16 years old and he would do like the most depraved shit to her. He was her first mm-hmm. partner. Like she didn't yeah. know. it was yeah. just so young. So mm-hmm. young. Scary who who the fuck did he learn this shit from at 16? It's just well, makes oh, me ill. It's honestly like 
being a domestic abuser is honestly its own condition, its own, mm-hmm. you know, mental health state. Yep. And there isn't a whole lot of proven methods to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the methods and the strategies of abusers are are so documented and so routine. Mm-hmm. Almost how regulated your bills. Yeah. And it's not mm-hmm. like they're going on chat rooms and they're looking for advice. It's just it's just like a, a natural process almost yeah. Yeah. of abuse that mm-hmm. to me at least indicates that it's its own psychological fucking condition. Social mm-hmm. condition. Yeah. Also. Yeah. It's crazy. Um so that's where we're at in terms of this case, but I thought it was also important from um, Julia Jacobson's obituary to mention that um, if you'd like to make a contribution in Julia's honor, they uh, recommended that it be made to Pets for Vets at www.petsforvets.com. Um, there's also a scholarship fund being developed in Julia's name. Um, so if you'd like to donate to that scholarship fund, I would recommend checking out the Facebook page Justice for Julia. Um, there's some information on how you can contribute to that uh, scholarship fund and maybe get in contact with her family if you'd like to make a donation um, or reach out to them to show some support. That's a good way to do it. But again, that's petsforvets.com or go to Justice for Julia on Facebook to check out how you can support this amazing family and leave a legacy uh, for this amazing mm-hmm. young woman who was murdered at the hands of her abusive monster ex-husband who is currently standing trial and hopefully is going to get the uh, justice that is very much deserved. Keep us oh, updated on this trial. End. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We're gonna, we, we will we will cover domestic violence at some point. I'm sure the problem is there's just nothing funny about it. So we need to find no. very specific cases that, um, where like the abuser gets their what just he fucking deserves. deserves. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing because really funny about most of our cases. No, <laughs> but true. domestic violence know. is like especially hits home like it's heavy. Mm-hmm. So. It's mm-hmm. Same really reason we'll probably never cover school shootings. It's, we will yeah. never cover school shootings. We will never cover school shootings. Yeah. Never going to fucking happen. It's nope. kind of blurry where we draw the line, but there's definitely a line. Yeah. And no. It's an emo- yeah. it's a gut reaction. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that there are certain things that we're not comfortable doing on the show for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think. Because we try to remain so victim focused, there are things that we specifically can kind of get away with that maybe in another context wouldn't yeah. work. But I don't know. They're just there's there's something that just leaves me a little too sick about school shootings and, and domestic violence as well. I mean, it's very triggering, so it would be really hard to navigate that in a comedy mm-hmm. lens. But you know what? If it can be done, we'll fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, we are sorceresses. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, moving on. Special thanks this week to a veteran vitamin herself, Robin Reynolds. God bless. God bless. Sorry we gave you the the most depressing episode we've done in a while. (laughs) We were due for a... We were. A a bad one. (laughs) Way too lighthearted around here, people. 
All right, who wants to get the next one? I'll go. Okay. Quincy Miller. John Quincy, Quincy Adams Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, Elizabeth Williams Bushy. Thank Bushy. you. Is it Bushy or Boucher? And be sure. I'm emulating you lately. Hmm. And be sure to check out her Instagram at Inkless Tales. Inkless. Like mm-hmm. octopus ink. Inkless Tales. Mm-hmm. Full of free feminist fun for kiddos. And sorry, Woo! Kenyon made a Bush joke about your last name. And if she thought that went under the radar, I wanted to point out <laughs> that she did. I she did. did she voted for Trump, too. I'm, so, you know. I'm proud of it. <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> I You're voted. Next. Oh my God, Erica Amaya! Woo-hoo. I, you are amazing. I love it. <laughs> Sariana Salonen Salazar Slytherin, you are also amazing. Thank you for your donation. <laughs> uh, Becca Kimmelfield, breaking Woo-hoo. Becca Kimmel Schmidt. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Griffith, Woo. Yes. you should have been on the Andy Griffith show. You are so wholesome and amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Hope Morrison, we want more of you in our lives. <laughs> and I'm you so give tired. Us hope. We're struggling. And you give us hope. This. Thank you so much. We love you. Oh, and I just want to hug Maggie Huggins because you have increased your pledge from $2 to $5 a month. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. But also that was a gimme because your last name is Huggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Low-hanging fruit. I'm just going for it. Love it. (laughs) Jackie Sear. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. And I seriously love you. (laughs) No, for for serious. (laughs) Amy Joe Jackson, $10 a month, you will be receiving a fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail at some point in your future. Yes, you will. As will Spring Winnesheek. What a beautiful name. Yeah, that is a beautiful name. How cool is that? Spring Winnesheek. I don't have anything to make fun of. Thank you. That's just great. You're amazing. That's great. <laughs> We're not making fun of names. Allie We're Child. On names. You are a blessed child of generosity. We love you. <laughs> I Thank am you. with child when I think of you. <laughs> oh, I, know. Okay. I know. That was gross. <laughs> not actually. Morgan King. You're no. the king of the jungle. <laughs> it's like a lion king. <laughs> and thank you. Not for your a jungle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jennifer Edwards. I literally know seven other people named Jennifer Edwards. There's a lot of you. All of them should donate. But you are still a unique snowflake, and we love you. Thank you for increasing your pledge to $10 a month. Mm. You're amazing. And Maria Macklin, you are a genius just like Bert Macklin. We love you. FBI. Oh, my God. Thank you for increasing your pledge to $10 a month. You will be getting a fucking patriarchy one glass. And my personal favorite contributor this week, (laughs) Sasha Lillian Davis, who is 
donating at the $15 a month trash queen trash level. Trash queen. God bless queen. you. God bless that tier. Can't wait to see what you get. We, I have to say, would really love to see some, like, maybe videos of some $15 a month people opening their trash queen yeah. Just Patreon perplexed. Um, I think that would be super funny for us to have for our social media. So let us know when you're opening those. Take a little clip. Yeah. We want to yes. see your, your we reaction. We need to we make a montage video. Yeah, your trash from Lucy's house. It'll yeah. be really great. I got a new internet. Plan. I got a new internet router. So one of you is going to be getting my old one. <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. It still works. Uh, amazing. Just a little dusty. <laughs> Love it. That's. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, and special thanks to our sponsor, Talkspace. Yes. They're amazing. We fully support their services. And if you want to check them out, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals for 30 bucks off your first month. And we love you. friendly reminder about CrimeCon. Yeah, we're doing it, people. May 4th Use through 6th. Code. May 4th wine through 6th in Nashville. Promo code is WineCrime. One word. We're going to be there. We're going to be in our journals. If you don't know what that come is, you come find Google out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll find out. And uh, we still need more people to use that promo code in order to pay for my flight. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why Hook it up. Very important Hook it to up. us. Hook it up, my babies. All right. All right. Love you. We love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hi, this is Pernilla from True Crime Sweden. I do a podcast on crimes committed in Sweden. But of course, it's all told in English. So if you feel like getting into some cases that you haven't heard about before, and at the same time get to know a little bit about Sweden, you should definitely head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and search for True Crime Sweden. I hope to see you. Thank you.